What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 192. I am here tonight with Ryan and Tyler. And I mean, I can just taste hockey. Uh, but how are you guys doing tonight? I'm fantastic. I've got the TV on in the background. There's preseason hockey on ESPN Plus right now. I think it's still, yep, still one nothing Habs over the Devils, but there's real hockey on, guys. It's real. The Habs are playing. Is it real hockey? Not no, really. that's true. That's a fair point. But there is hockey on, and it's NHL hockey. All, Ish. All things considered. Ish. Tyler, how are you? I'm great. You guys see these lights behind me that y'all will see uh, in the video. You mean y'all? the only thing you keep fucking talking about? And where are you y'all. from? Where are you from Austin? You, you know, I always say y'all. I don't know why. I kind of always have, but no, you um, you say y'all, but you don't. You just bust it out full up, like south of Mason Dixon line, y'all right there. Like you <laughs> went full on accent and everything. <laughs> no, I'm doing great. Like, yeah, no, hockey is here. Um, I didn't really see a whole lot this weekend just because I was really busy and then Michigan on Saturday. But, like, I'm just so excited. Hockey's just about here or just about where we've, we've wanted to be. And um, I can't, I couldn't be more excited. This team's going to be really exciting. And I have an announcement to make. An you announcement? Have, yes. You have a pregnant girlfriend? No. <laughs> no, better than that. Your Wait. boy is is making the trek from Boston to Detroit for the home opener. Um, so proud of you. My Hi. dad Aww. My dad is healthy and he will be coming as well. So I will be looking forward to seeing all y'all. Jesus yeah, Christ. All right. It. Well, we have a lot to get into tonight. I took extensive notes on Coach Lalone's press conferences over the entire week. There's some news coming out of camp. I took a few notes on the Dylan Larkin uh, press conference that he had the little uh, media scrum and we've got some questions from people on Twitter as well as on discord kind of just questions going into the preseason and into next season so I'm just I'll just start with news out of coming out of camp so Bertuzzi Tyler Bertuzzi he missed three days of camp and the red versus white game with quote-unquote an injury flare-up they are not any more specific than that. Just that Tyler Bertuzzi had an injury flare up and was not able to play. I think they still said he's day to day. There's no yeah. news on that. But just yeah. said he's they're being cautious. They're going to see him sooner than later. But uh, yeah, is that worrying to you? No. You sure? Right now, no. Okay. Because I mean, now, now if it goes more than just a day to day thing, we don't see him at say a practice or what have you then yes but like if we're gonna like, i know we're gonna be jumping into the pressers and and highlights from training camp but i mean lalone himself said and it opens up an opportunity for someone so they're gonna see a lot of different guys moving around and while yeah it's not great that him and cop are out right now um it's also not expected to be anything more than days to week barely weeks if you will sure just into the start of the season. So, I mean, unless we don't see him on the ice, then I would say it's concerning. But it sounds like it was a tweak, and they're just treating it slow, basically. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't say, like, worried about it, but, like, I, I don't I don't love that. I mean, it's not exciting. It's not exciting, <laughs> but also, like, it, Helene St. James said it was a flare-up. 
So, like, is it a previous injury that that's now flaring up again? And yeah, is, is this something back? that that is going to you know flare up all season long? That's that's a little concerning, I think. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm gonna temper any super worries at the at this point. Like I said, give it another week. If we haven't seen Bert, then then maybe we can start being like, oh shit, what's going on? Same thing with Cop. We've already seen Cop out on the ice. We've seen him out there taking skate or doing some skating. So he took a skate, not, took a lap. Yeah, but it sounds like they're they're. It's the same thing we saw with Larkin. They're going to ease him back into things, make sure that he's good. He's going to have good days and bad days, is the quote unquote. So, I yeah. just literally like everyone. They're going to have good yeah. days and bad days, whatever. Yep. Speaking <laughs> of which, um, not to get political, we're not going to we're not going to go there at all. But Canada is lifting the restrictions for us. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, not political. That's fantastic. Border, so I've got Canada questions is, but, about that as well from uh, from people on Twitter. So we'll okay. get to that towards we'll the end of the show. Uh, so other news coming out of camp, there were cuts made to the roster. The people staying with the team are Uberti, Bianca Batuka, Ivan Ivan, and Riley Piercy will stick with the team, uh, it seems, at least through today and into uh, somewhat of preseason. So I, I think that's exciting for a guy like Bianca Batuka, who was a late addition, who came in and showed out and showed he had skill. Boy. And Coach even talked a lot about him, and I've got notes on that too when we get into that. Ivan Ivan, he's an interesting case. He he really, really, really wanted to be with the team. He looked good in the prospects tournament, looked good through camp, didn't put up numbers, but the play was there. And then, of course, Riley Piercy, who really stuck out to a lot of people. They so far are sticking with the team, and uh, it's good news for them. I mean, they're working their way toward the contract, whether that be in Grand Rapids or in another organization. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch how that plays out because I think we talked on it last week or two weeks ago that Grand Rapids does not have a cap on how many guys they can have signed. Now, granted it's the Red Wings have their limit of 50 players, but they wouldn't necessarily affect that. If I remember correctly, let me see. No, they wouldn't. If they are signed to Grand Rapids, they would not affect that. If Grand Rapids, if the Red Wings signed them and assigned them to Grand Rapids, then they then that would count. But Got if it. it's a so, Grand Rapids contract, it wouldn't. Now, would it have to be like PTO type, like a or amateur tryout, I should say, that, that how they bring them through? Or would it be just signed to Grand Rapids doesn't affect the 50 count head limit? If they were just signed to Grand Rapids to be Grand Rapids players, uh, I believe they would not be able to be recalled to the Red Wings. They would just be Grand Rapids players and they would just play for Grand Rapids. I think they have their own setup like that. Interesting. I'll have, to, I'll have to check that out. Would it be like consider the reserve list, basically, rather than the actual active contracts? For the wings? Yeah. I just don't think it would count against the wings because mm. Grand Rapids are their own team. I well, Yeah, I know. But a lot of those guys in Grand Rapids affect the contract limit for the Red Wings. Sure. And I believe that's if they are signed with the wings or our prospects of the wings because you have to sign your elc at that point gotcha interesting oh okay i see what you're saying never mind okay Okay. yeah but that's so that's the interesting really news like the impending news coming out of camp back to junior yep 
No. No, he played in the queue last year. Sure. I mean, he's, what, 20? Going back for his, like, super year? Yeah, and, and we had talked about just the glut of goaltenders that are competing for spots in Grand Rapids and in Toledo. And, I mean, you're looking at... they. And then while we were talking about it, Toledo went and signed two more goaltenders. Oh, did they really? They, they did. So there's, like, six goaltenders or seven goaltenders competing for spots in Toledo and in Grand Rapids. Are the Toledo guys that were signed for their up impending camp or? No, I think it's just for their season. Now, the thing is, is Toledo goes through a lot of goaltenders in a year. They don't think they have a limit on how many goalies they can carry and they cycle through them. So it's it's a lot. There's going to be a lot of competition for spaces in Grand Rapids because they're going to want to make Grand Rapids. UC Okanora is not going to want to play in Toledo. Uh, Bratstrom is not going to want to go back to Toledo after playing in Grand Rapids. We don't know what's going to happen with Cosa. That's up in uh, the air. That's where I was kind of taking that with the, with uh, Bednar getting sent back because we had talked about both, and it was almost a race of who was to see who would be first in terms of getting sent somewhere. Yeah, and Bednar was the first one off the chopping blocks, and now all eyes on Cosa really the next week. Yeah, and, and Lalone had said that Cosa is going to get preseason games, and he may get a few. And they just they want him to keep going because they liked his production. They liked what he did. They liked how he looked. He was sharp and played well in both the tournament and in training camp. And they want to keep that going. Now, I think he's going to get a hard dose of reality come preseason. And because taking Depends training camp shots. Place. Sure. But taking training camp shots, taking prospect tournament shots is not the same as taking shots on guys who are now in preseason trying to make that NHL roster completely different story it's going to be interesting to see how he plays though i mean yeah. like it's not going to matter just keep the confidence and lights the world on fire because he's not going to make the team we we know that no um there's two competent goalies on this team um but i mean if he lights the world on fire could he be the one a one b in grand rapids i maybe it's wherever like we talked about last week wherever he is going to get the most play time that is what was stressed was Kosa needs the playtime. He needs the consistency. And the more time he gets well being challenged is where he's going to be. What's a better pool of talent? And I know this might sound really stupid, but the ECHL or, no. or, or juniors. I don't like the ECHL as a developmental league. That's a thing. He'll see more shots in juniors. And I think he'll see, to be honest... I think your competition playing against high level guys and juniors who are going to get drafted. I feel like the ECHL is a lot more overagers is a lot more guys who couldn't cut it in the a and college I'm not guys. college guys. So I'm not sure. I just personally don't like the ECHL as a developmental league. I like, I'd rather send them back to juniors and just let them face a hundred shots a night. Yeah, but in a way, what you just described is going to have bigger. It's going to it's be it's more of a men's league than what he's going to be dealing with in juniors. There's going to be more talent. There's going to be more speed. Is it going to be the AHL? No, but is it going to be Canadian hockey? Also, no. I, it's going to be I'd a be, still step up. I might argue that there's more speed in the ECHL than there is in the WHL. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So if you're in juniors, are you saying that you think there's more and I can't WHL I think there's versus, more in juniors, more speed uh, because they're newer guys coming in the system. The newer guys are faster. 
I think that's true. I think in terms of in terms of speed, you might be right about the the juniors being faster because you watch the world juniors and and you kind of compare that to like the AHL. But like in terms of process and in terms of, of of structure, the ECHL is definitely more structured than the WHL. I don't know. I just to me, I don't like the developmental path of the ECHL. And I think that COSA may be better served just playing literally every night in juniors and just getting all the shots on him that he can, just working on his his movement, working on that high glove side, just tightening everything up and then coming into Grand Rapids next season because he's still at least three years away from an NHL backup spot. He'll okay. tell you, yeah, he'll tell you that uh, he'll always bring up Spencer Knight and that Spencer Knight did it when he was young. It's not always the same thing, and there's no reason to rush him or force him into anything. So I think you're three, at least three seasons away from Kosa as an NHL backup. I wouldn't say at least. He was drafted last year, played juniors last year. If he plays, if he plays another year of juniors, he's in the AHL next year as a starter. And then you assume he's in the AHL as a starter. Because you're still going to have Bradstrom at that point. And Okanora. You're going to have three guys. You're going to have a three-headed monster like we touched on last week playing in Grand Rapids. You that, can always make where, a trade, too. And yeah, but wh- why? The point is nothing's going to be handed to him. You're not going to say, you just played your year in junior. Here's the starting position in Grand Rapids. I mean, he could go take it right now if he wanted to. Sure, he could. Absolutely. He has to outplay three other goalies, but he could do it. Now that's all dependent on him. Yeah, that's why he was drafted where he was drafted. Sure. Do I see it happening? No, but it's a possibility. And Kosa is an interesting, uh, an interesting case because he's he's more improved from where we saw him before. Clearly, because he worked all that time this summer with Detroit goalie staff. But looking at him play, there's still work to be done, and I don't think he's going to go take the Grand Rapids starter job. Ideally. I mean, it, it, I don't know. I, I, I'm as torn on this one as I am with Edmondson on where I would like to see them be, play this year, or at least to start the year. Am I, am I happy with wherever they're at? Probably. Yeah, it's not our choice. But it's, it is what it is, and it's also a good situation to be in, I guess you could say. I mean, he knows the situation, he being Kosa, that – it's an uphill battle for him. He's confident in himself. He's got he the coaches saw what he was able to do over the last week, week and a half. And they had nothing, really nothing but good things to say about him. And they know that the work is being put in, like you said. And now it's gonna come down to put up or shut up to land your spot, if you will, in the next week to two weeks. So many games. That's one thing that I'll get into as we get into the interview, but there's so many games. And actually, I think that's what I want to get into is just the interview. Let's notes do it. I'm holding back on quotes. Yeah. So, Coach, uh, I took all the interview notes I could from Coach Lalone, and I'm going to kind of go over the team stuff, then the people on the team, and then the prospects. So, off the top, uh, he has no mind on the roster yet. They haven't paid any attention. No one's locked. It's not locked in because he was asked, hey, do you kind of already know in your head what the roster is going to be going in? Like, then fuck preseason. What would be the point? He was shaking his head no before that question even finished. No mind on the roster yet. They'll let the full gate eight games play out before making decisions. It is the first preseason with eight games, which he said is excessive. 
but it will be beneficial to them. He said six games was good, uh, or five games was good. Six games was a bit much. Eight games is a lot. So, um, but they've got a lot of decisions to make and a lot of competition. So this should benefit the Red Wings. Yeah, he, he made it pretty clear that, like you said, it's a lot of games, but they're going to need all of those games most likely for several of these players. I mean, in particular, you look at Edmondson and the opportunity is there for him to go maybe steal a spot on the back end on likely the third pair. But it's going to come down to how he performs in those games. And I'm hoping he's really, I definitely hope he's out there tomorrow night against uh, Pittsburgh because they posted their likely roster for tomorrow night there. I guess if you're, if when we finally get this posted, it'll be tonight, but the first game against Pittsburgh, they're putting out a NHL caliber lineup. You got Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, uh, Rust. You got some of their top forwards. Are Why going. would you do that? Yeah, you got to do it at some point. Got to get them teams the always do that though. Like like Chicago does that against the Wings. Pittsburgh always does that. Uh, Boston always comes to mind because when the Wings, um, you know, historically before COVID, they would play the Bruins in the preseason. And Detroit would play nobody, and the Bruins would play everybody, and they'd get their doors blown off. But where, where I'm going with that, though, is that that is the trial by fire you want as a Wings fan. Because if you've got those names on the ice, you want Simon Edmondson out there. Because, hey, nothing says welcome to the NHL than having to go up against some of the most talked about, recognized names in the world for NHL hockey with Malkin and Crosby out there. You know what? I want Kosa in too then. At least part of the game. Yep. I want him in. I want him to take shots. And start the game out. That'd be fantastic. Absolutely. Imagine if he's robbing Crosby left and right. (laughs) (laughs) Or he'll get a real quick toast of reality from Malkin (laughs) going Swiss cheese on him. So Lalan also says that guys are responding to the system change as well. Most seem to be in the neutral zone and defensive zones. That's where the big changes are happening. He says that it's a fresh start for everyone. Guys had chemistry last season and they will go back to some of those lines, but they are reevaluating almost everything. Um, That was a big message there is that you may be good with other people. You may have been good with them in the past. I want to see how you are as an individual. I also want to see how you work with different people. And that was also kind of evident after Bertuzzi went down and Bergeron went immediately to the top line with Dylan Larkin and Philip Zadina. So that was really interesting. Yeah, he highlighted that in particular, too, that you've got Raymond and Larkin, that those two together is you can pretty much count on it. But now it's who can we put into that role? He mentioned Zadina. He mentioned Bergeron. Each person that was up with them or had played with them in short bursts, if you will, there's an impact that's happening there. Now, you could say it's mostly Larkin and Raymond driving that, but you get where I'm going with it. But I, to your point on the neutral zone and defensive zone thing, I think that was nice and a bit refreshing to hear that because I think it was one of the things that he harped on out the gate when he was first brought on is that they have to be disciplined. And a lot of that for Detroit where they struggled was in those two zones. But he also on that same note mentioned that there was a ton of turnovers and that led to most of the offense that we saw in the scrimmage and red and white game and, and just practice in general. So he, he mentioned that a focus other than just the neutral zone and defensive zone, and they got to clean that type of play up. But he liked that 
this is a paraphrasing that it was exciting for what they've worked on and seeing it translate in a positive way. This, the systems that they're already putting into place, the guys are excited for it. They're taking it on and they're learning from it. So how that translates to real games, we'll see. Yeah, he said overall a big message is team defense. Uh, the numbers were bad last season. I think he mentioned 31st in the league yeah, for team were. defense, and that's what they're trying to work on. They need to be more responsible defensively, and so to hear the coach say that they need to be more responsible in their own zone and in the neutral zone and get that all cleaned up, that's refreshing to hear because, I mean, every coach preaches defense, but some coaches actually you know act upon it more than other coaches and i think lalonde lalone you hey you slipped a little bit ago and said lalonde too so i don't want to hear it (laughs) but like at the end of the day it's like they need to be more responsible defensively they need to break out as a as one their breakouts were horrendous last year other than when cider was on the ice so uh you know it starts with that and then it not turning the puck over in the neutral zone really is, is important as well. And for the love of God, can we skate into the zone instead of fucking dumping it every fucking two seconds? Yeah. Hopefully with them getting comfortable with what they've got going on, that'll, that'll start to change. Now, granted too, most of these guys, like we said, they aren't used to playing with each other. So what we've seen to this point has been refreshing, like you said, but the comfort aspect other than maybe a handful of guys. I mean, we know Larkin and Raymond are out there together. They, you could tell they've played together and played together well, but outside of that, it was kind of a a hodgepodge, if you will, of who's doing what and guys just trying to understand what their, the quirks are, if you will. Yeah. What's good about that is you have players that have never played together that, that try it out, see how it goes. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, you could just find something just in the snap of a fingers that you never thought would work. And for some reason, it works. And it gets you through the first month of the season and you have a ton of production offensively. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I hope it's, it doesn't take them long because in a way, that's a fear of how long will it take these the wings to get used to this new system and get used to each other for that matter, because of how many new players were brought in and how this system is completely changed. You, you don't want to necessarily see them falling back on what they were used to from last season, that especially that. So these, these preseason games, like much to alone said, they're very important. And thankfully they do have extra games to play. So hopefully they can get comfortable with each other, get comfortable with the coaching staff and what they've got going on. So, cause we don't want to see that bleed into the season because that could make for a painful start. Yeah, I think a start, an important start is imperative for this team. I think they need to get off to a good start. I'm not saying they need to light the world on fire, but if they tread water at worst, I mean, that's, that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like they, they're, they're, they need to, get off to a decent start. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be, you know, eight and one, eight, one and one to start the season or something ridiculous like that. But like, you know, five, four and one to start the season, five, three and one, something, something like that, something representative. Um, uh, that's what I'm looking to. They, they, they can't, I don't want to see blowouts at the first week of the season. No, no, no. can't do that. 
Now, so he was asked about the team's identity. He kind of said, well, what is this team going to be? And he said the team kind of has to figure that out as they go. But he says the team can skate. They're going to be fast. So that he thinks that's going to be part of it is that the entire team, basically, they've all got wheels. They all can skate. So it's going to be a fast-moving team, and they have to have the, again, the offense to match it, but then also the defense coming back. And that's why he said starts in the neutral zone, starts in your own zone, being protecting the puck, being heavier on the puck, getting in front of it. And then when you get into the neutral zone, not just to, like Tyler even said, not just dumping it in, not playing on your heels, but actually being active in the defense, the neutral zone. So... On to players, he did say basically that Cop had core surgery. He mentioned core surgery. That's what Dylan Larkin had. Same thing, same timetable. Larkin looked sharp, scored a goal in training camp in the red versus white game. And I expect Cop to come back at 100% uh, with no issues. He's not going to rush him. Their goal is to have him for game one of the actual season, though, of the regular season. Was that a refreshing comment to hear? I thought it was. That they're not going to rush him? No, that they're the expectation, or I should say hope is that he's there dressed opening night. I don't think so. I I think it depends on when he had the surgery. I mean, it's a given, generally it's a six week turnaround on a core muscle surgery like that. So he must've had it right after he signed maybe. And then, I mean, if he's back game now, cop doesn't need preseason really. I mean, he could use it just to ramp up the physical activity, but like like Ken Cal had said, he's a professional. He yeah. knows what he's doing. Granted, it he's is there. a new system. It's he's a new system. It it's new partners. It's a new system. But it, he's the kind of guy that I think can get used to it without really any issue. So is it going to be nice that he's probably going to be back for game one? Yeah. Or that week? Is it a kind of a bummer we don't get to see him in preseason? Sure. But that opens up opportunity for other guys to show more of what they've got. So any kind of recovery or missed games during preseason, I think, is is not terrible because you get to see more of a Berggren. You get to see more of, I mean, even like more of a Riley Piercy and, and what they can do. So it gives those other guys an opportunity and even mixing up lines. Sure. Philip Zadina up higher in the lineup. If Tyler Bertuzzi's out for preseason games, Zadina can slot in up top or even Berggren up top. So it's. It gives that little flexibility and a little bit deeper look at guys. And then it's good that he'll be back for the regular season. Yeah, I, I thought that was uh, refreshing as well. I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's like, you know, core muscle surgery, you know, it can go one way or it can go another way, kind of like any injury really or any surgery. But like a guy that you just paid a decent amount of money to come here and be the 2C for now anyways. I mean. It's it's good. Five point six two five million. By the way, what was it? Five point six two five million. Second which, most on the team. Which, as we talked about, I mean, I think it's a pretty good good contract, and, and we'll talk about more, more about that as sure. it goes on. But I mean, he's the type of guy that his stats on the ice aren't going to show everything. I think he's one of those meat and potatoes kind of players where he's going to be physical. He's going to block shots. He's going to do everything that the center has to do, but hopefully he's there opening night. I think that would be ideal. And even if he's not, I I wouldn't worry too much. No, I wouldn't. I mean, opening night, you know, a Michigan guy coming back home. I mean, he's going to get a pretty loud ovation 
regardless of whether he plays or not. So we will all scream for him. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. I, I, I don't know if this is a, a question or not, but I actually I think it was. So I'll, I'll save it for later. But depending on who gets the A, if he somehow is one of them, that play, that that roof is going to get real tested. Yeah. In terms of you got cop going in with an A, then going right into Captain Larkin. We're going to be loud. A, be a, a loud retract- night. A retractable roof at uh, LCA. That's what they're going to have to turn into. Right. I'm surprised no hockey team has a retractable roof. Imagine that two really? Michigan guys as as the captain and the assistant captain. Not just Michigan guys, but U of M guys. Right. Yeah, no, that's what I'm that's saying. Beautiful. So you, he, wait, hold on. Go, go back. You think that a hockey team could pull off a retractable roof? No, I think so. Mellon Arena Fair. was retractable. In a cold enough climate, you put a retract roof in Minnesota. Oh, you mean having it open during the winter? Yeah. Ooh, no. No one's going to want to do that. No. Are you kidding me? People go to the winter classic. No one's going to want an open roof in the winter for hockey. Once in a while, maybe. Not all the time. I don't know about that. I mean, I know personally, just like going to games, just living here in New England, you guys living in Michigan, like going to a hockey game, like when it's... 20 degrees out you can't wait to get in the arena because at least it's warm i don't know i think it'd be cool i also think it'd be cool for concerts the so. igloo used to be retractable that would be cool for concerts on that point See? i like that idea it's good and ideas but but like throughout the summer and whatnot then you it's almost like uh the old cowboys or how the cowboys used to have it they had that giant random like oval in the center of their their dome or their roof there the eye of the storm the, yeah. the cowboy stadium in irving Texas. Mm-hmm. yeah so Lalo went on to talk about uh, Ben Sherratt quite a bit throughout his interviews. He praised the aggressiveness of Sherratt, says he loves that he's hard out of his own zone and takes pride in keeping the puck out of the net. He is also shown to be a leader. He did wear an A during the training camp. He looked really good out of there. He uh, knocked the fuck out of Zadina. Uh, I think he also threw Rasmussen into the bench. Yep. And uh, he said that that set the tone. That's what they're looking for is a guy to come out and set the tone uh, of games. He set the tone of the red versus white game. And if he can button up his stupid penalties, I think Ben Sherratt is going to open up a lot of offense, open up a lot of the ice and just create havoc for the other team. And it's going to be really, really fun to watch. But he's showing that he's having fun out there. He's showing what he can do. I think, like I said, he just needs to button up those penalties and work a little bit more on his defense. Yeah, don't headbutt anybody for one. That'd be great. Um, but I like to your point about Raz and Zadina. That was basically all within several seconds of each other. And to the point of he set a tone, but then Coach followed it up with that he made it, Sherat made it clear that we're here to play hockey. Like this is, now it's real. We're not out here to dance around and sing kumbaya we're out here to get better and get ready so that was refreshing to see and then i think after that point things kind of ticked up a little bit we saw smith going at bergeron he had a hell of a cross check they got they were getting chippy out of face off in an offensive zone draw it, it just kind of sparked everyone it seemed like so it's that's what you need for a team that's going to be you know more or less fighting for their life all season. So for the younger guys, that's, that's huge. And especially for guys like cider 
and guys like Edmondson, even you could say Lindstrom and Hironic for that matter, they're all seeing what Sherratt's doing and, and the level of intensity that he's bringing to an inner squad scrimmage. Now it's like, okay, he's not here to fuck around. Let's go. Yeah, you got to match him. That's the thing yeah. is if he comes out and with offensive. that intensity, if you come yeah. out with that intensity and you don't match that, you're five steps behind because he came out flying, just nailing people. And if you don't match what he's got, you don't look good. So that's it's setting the tone and setting the pace for the game. And it, and it speaks to the response that even Zadina had because he was everywhere in that red and white game. And yeah, he didn't let that affect him, which I think was important. That's what he talked about next. He said he loves Zadina's assertiveness and confidence. He was flying with skill and tight and creating offense. And Zadina was my player of the game for the red versus white game. Yeah. I mean, incredible takeaways. He had some awesome setup passes. He worked directly with Verana, setting up a goal. And I mean, there were just some times where, I mean, you were you were watching and there were several points you just went, oh, my God, Zadina. And just what he was able to do out there. And that gives me a lot of hopefully not false hope about Zadina going into the season, working Nailed with it. a new coach, getting out there, playing so much so that he earned time playing with Larks. And it just it was very what I saw from him is like if he can do that during the season, people are going to shut up, I think, real quick about Zadina. They're not going to take back what they said, but they're not going to say anything going forward. If Zadina can come out and do what he did in that red versus white game, like to start the season and going into the season, I think it gives, again, a lot of options on what to do with him. But far and away, I mean, he's showing he can be a top six guy. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing too, just going back to Ben Sherratt real quick, we haven't had a defenseman like that in a long time. And it, and mark my words, he's he could either be a fan favorite or he could be one of those guys like Kyle Quincy that we we don't want to see on the ice. I don't think it'll be the latter, but I do think he's gonna. There is gonna be moments where you're like, oh my god, Ben Sherratt's on the ice. Don't turn the puck over, please. Um, so that's why you put him with a guy like Cider. Moving on to Zadina. Real quick on the Sherrod thing, I think I think it would be more like kind of what Greg mentioned, where don't get that stupid ass penalty, rather than don't go turn the puck over or do something stupid when you when you're under pressure. That's don't fair. be Giovanni he, Smith. He, yeah, I mean technically, I mean you know that Sherrod can go out there and play and do things well. It's will he maintain his composure and discipline when shit gets shoved their way over and over and maybe they're getting pinned in their own zone because we've seen it happen. The videos are out there and I always refer to the headbutt, one of the dumbest things you could have possibly done in front of everyone in the, in, in the playoffs, no less. And it hurt your team. That is what we need to see him avoid. If he can do that and be the pain in the ass to everybody, then yeah, you're spot on. Yeah. So going back to Zadina or Moving forward to Zadina, I should say, like that was that was what we need to see from from Philip Zadina, night in and night out, um, get punched in the mouth and respond, for lack of a better term, and uh, he did that. One thing that that we've talked about before, and we'll talk about again with Zadina and young players, it's about confidence, you know, like. When you're playing with the third, with the fourth line, and you're a winger on the fourth line, and you're a guy that was a first round pick, it doesn't feel good. And your confidence goes away, and you're squeezing your stick 
and you're, you know, you're not scoring goals and, and you're extremely frustrated. So for, for there to be a new coach and Derek Lalonde, it's it's going to unlock some potential from Philip Zadina. I'm not saying that he's going to go on and be Nikita Kucherov, but we could see a, a much better version of Philip Zadina. I think a lot of people would welcome that. Yeah. So a couple it, things. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to continue the Zadina point, but I think that's where you were going with it. Yeah, it's no, I was actually going to go on to the next uh, bullet points because I got like uh, 12 more bullet points. All right. Well, let me let me re-highlight. I'm going to bring in some of what Zadina's uh, his press conference was was in terms in relation to this. But I mean, you mentioned the confidence piece. Coach has seen it. Even Zadina says that he he's got he sees this as a a chance to try and be a better hockey player with the new coaching staff in place. Um, and much like Cook Malone said that with this new system, it feels they've done well in practice. And we've seen what he's done with that system so far up to this point in practice. We always heard coming into before this season, the emphasis on the forwards playing a 200 foot game. We saw that improvement from Zadina last year. If what we think may happen this season with the emphasis on team defense and individual defense for that matter, if that can help drive him, we, we heard the comments recently from Eiserman from coach Lalone. The confidence is there. He's got the fresh chance and fresh opportunity. This is the year for Philip Sedina to really make that impression and really stand out. Go be not worth his contract, if you will, because he's making, what, $1.8 million-ish? Yeah, low, go, low amount. Go be worth – go make that show that that's a freaking steal because if you do that, this team's better. They're scoring goals, and he's creating things on both ends of the ice, and that's all you can ask for. Just yep. don't give us false hope. Yeah. So before we move on to the rest of coaches' uh, kind of bullet points I have here, we are going to take a quick break for a message from our sponsors. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up 7, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by 7 points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So I've been listening to a lot of the Factually podcast with Adam Conover. You might know him from Adam Ruins Everything, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge, trust me. Raycons give you 8 hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life and are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. They have three customizable sound profiles, whether you're listening to music or podcasts like us. 
They have earbud tap functions to start, stop, pause, answer your phone calls, the, the earbud functions you need without having to open up your phone and flip through options. And they have noise isolation, which blocks out the outside noise so you can hear what you're listening to a lot better. For me personally, I enjoy the awareness mode that lets you hear kind of outside conversations if you're listening to something, but also need to pay attention to what's going on around you. So go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash THPN. And we're back. So I'm going to run through a couple of these other questions. Uh, Quotes I took out of here from Coach Lalone's interviews. Uh, David Perron expects high-end practices from start to finish has also shown leadership skills. That's nothing new. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan Larkin, established true captain, reminds him of Steven Stamkos. And if that doesn't Ooh. tighten your pants a little bit, I don't know what <laughs> will. Because that's what you want to hear out of a coach. There are, again, people that question Dylan Larkin's leadership. He said that he is involving Larkin on stuff like practices and hotel booking and all this kind of stuff that you forget hockey players have to do. And uh, Larkin is being involved in all of that. He sees the buy-in in the room. Larkin's buying into the systems. He himself said uh, it's impressive, and I'll get to that in a little bit. Joe Valeno will be a center going forward. He is waiver exempt. That gives them wiggle room. That's one thing. He was asked, is Joe going to be a center or go to the wing? He's like, we see Joe as a center. Did, did the waiver exempt question kind of catch you by surprise at all? No, I would have asked that question because, again, there's a lot of competition. There are guys that are not waiver exempt, like a Giovanni Smith, who kind of showed well during the red versus white game. And you need to have the flexibility going into the season. And Joe could be a casualty of just being able to slide without being claimed. It, I mean, yeah, it could end up being one of those quote unquote paper moves that we're accustomed with to seeing because you could I mean, I could see that happening with either Raymond or even Cider where they're like, you're going to Grand Rapids, but they're not just again, the roster limit. Yep. So I don't know. We'll see. But I, I did like what he said about Valino. It's it was interesting that he, he made the point on the waiver exam. It's just a reality that is something to watch is how he put yep. it which piqued my interest, but also at the same time, like he, he's also dealing with a small injury apparently. So he's uh, uh, he had a maintenance day. He yeah. said he probably could have played, but they chose to keep him out as well. Yep. Same. So yeah, to me, what's interesting about the whole Valeno situation is like, is he going to make the team? If he doesn't make the team, I mean, they can, Put him on waivers and he's gone, right? No, he clears. No, waivers. he clears waivers. Oh, he's he, waiver exempt. He's exempt. Oh, he's waiver exempt. Sorry, I, I okay. Yeah. I listened to he, that wrong. He, he gets sent down there. That's Grand Rapids, and the way things are looking, we need to make multiple trips to Grand Rapids this year. That would be like the first line center, second line center at Grand Rapids. Oh, he'd be first. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, on Albert, he was asked about Albert Johansson, very smart hockey sense guy who you appreciate more as camp goes on. Not flashy, but shows up positively each time. Had a really good camp Uh, that had been talked about about Johansson before. He's a pretty cerebral player. Again, if it's a guy you're not mentioning on defense, he's probably doing his job. Yeah, he's probably doing his job, right? Yeah, because he said he kept watching, like looking at it and he's on the right side of the puck every time you look at him. He's not putting up huge goals. He's not doing flashy outlet passes, but he's smart 
And like Lalone said, you appreciate him more as camp goes on because you get to look at the little things he does just right. And he's a very, very smart hockey player. So that was what he said about Albert Johansson. And uh, now Lars is going to kill us. So I've been going back and forth on Berger. Uh, he he already called us out for our, our terrible pronunciations of players. And I heard, I've, all right, real quick. Lars, if you're listening to this, I've already said for the longest of time that I'm going to butcher these names until I've heard Ken Daniels say it about a thousand times. So that's my continued waiver here. Greg is the quote unquote expert on name pronunciation. So you're allowed to yell at him, not me. So when he sent a clip over and in Swedish, it sounds like his first name is pronounced Uniton Bergren. I'm sorry, who? Wait, yeah, who? Like Yoon, Y-O-O-N. Wait, who are we talking about? Bergren. That is how they pronounce his first name on the no. Swedish broadcast. Yeah, well, we all he know this to you in a Jonathan Bergeron. He sent a, a video of oh, uh, one of his games being broadcast in Swedish, and it sounds like they call him Uniton Bergeron, which Hold is on. fine, and I, I will say this. it however it's supposed to be pronounced. But on Bergeron, uh, he was foreign to Lalone before camp. He had never watched him play. He said he did not watch Grand Rapids at all. Bergeron had a good camp, wanted to see him with top line players, and he earned that spot and performed well with it. I agree. Uh, Bergeron looked really good uh, setting up plays, uh, feeding it to Larkin. And I liked what I saw to Bergeron. And again, he needs to have a really, really strong preseason because if he doesn't, he's starting in Grand Rapids because, again, he also doesn't need to pass through waivers because he hasn't played with the Red Wings. So it's it, he's got the eyes, I think, of literally everyone in the Red Wings like organization, coaches yep. and management. Because Eiserman already praised him. Malone praised him. It's it's hard to get overly excited for him. And the only reason I say that is because we know of the logjam that is there at the forward realm. And Fabry, yes, he's out, but they also made other moves in the offseason that made it damn hard for him to crack this roster. At and least in a role he needs to be. You're not throwing him on your fourth line. No, you don't want that. You want him in the middle six at a minimum. Now, third line isn't the best, but it's also a way to shelter him and let him get used to it. But you could say that he is used to it because he had a, st- a phenomenal year in Grand Rapids last season. So it's if they wouldn't have signed a guy like Kubalik. I feel like he would be 100% on this roster. I'm not saying that he's 100% not going to make it and going back to Grand Rapids because he, Mike Valino and a couple other guys, they had that flexibility to send him back and not have any issues from it. So he has to more or less pull a Raymond and destroy this preseason. If Burt, for whatever reasons, out longer than we're expecting, the door's wide open for him to come in and do something crazy with it. Yep. So. He's got to make it hard for them to send him back to Grand Rapids. Yes. This this goes right to Lalone saying these eight games, while it's a lot, are huge. Because Bergeron is one of those guys, and he's not alone, because we haven't even talked about like Andreasen, Soderblom. Like there's several guys that could maybe make that proper impact over the next week and a half, two weeks. But I think he's got the most writing on, uh, hey, I'm here to come make an impact. 
let's fucking go. So, yeah, I would agree because it's hopefully and hopefully it works out because he's a damn exciting player. Yep. And that's the thing. I want to see him at the NHL level. And like you said, preseason will really lead into that to see what he's got Um, on Simon Edvinson. He was asked a rather positive question like, hey, wasn't what Simon did uh, really awesome in the red and white game? And the first thing he says is, yeah, did you notice all those turnovers that he had? Uh, He led the team in turnovers immediately. And those turnovers went back to where he had to defend them. Uh, He said that they will work with him on that. But there are a lot of positives and you can see his special skill set. And Edvinson was also responsive to that. He knows what he needs to do. He knows that he needs to work on his game. He said that in his interviews. And it's something that he can tighten up. And if he starts with the team, you start him with a defensive guy that can maybe button up for that. But Again, you're going to put Edvinson where he gets the most playtime and is challenged uh, accordingly. So I still think Edvinson starts with the Red Wings. But if he starts in Grand Rapids, like we have said before, there's absolutely no issue with that at all. See, I think to me, it depends on how he plays in the preseason, as as it does for so many of these players, um, especially the young guys. Like, if they don't make it hard on Steve Eisenman, they're going to Grand Rapids. If they if they don't make it hard for Steve Eisenman to say, okay, well, we're gonna have to trade someone or we're gonna have to have a veteran that I just signed not play as much or not play at all, then they're going to Grand Rapids. But if they shine and they play well in the preseason and they they make it really hard on Steve Eisenman, then they're gonna make the roster. He's made that clear. This is this is what this roster has been made of. It's all about competition. Guys like Kubalik, guys like Ernie, guys like Giovanni Smith. Like we talk on offense, on defense. Thank you know I shouldn't say thankfully, but you know there's some injuries on defense that kind of help Simon Edvinson if he can put his best foot forward to make this team. But it's not going to be easy. So that's that's my thoughts. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be interesting because, like Greg, you mentioned, when he was asked about Edvinson's play, he more or less cut off the conversation. Like, oh, you mean when he turned the puck over a thousand times? Granted, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but he he made specific point of he had maybe had 67 turnovers in the first half of the scrimmage. That was in 25 minutes. That's not good. And I know I tweeted out one of them in particular. He was trying to play the board up the boards, and it got picked off, but he was able to go make a play on it. Yep help break up the potential scoring opportunity there and then led this led the team back up the ice on a counterattack. now but to, to that point though because of those turnovers you mentioned that it's costing him to defend and rather than go north and get up the ice because he knows that his the skating ability is there the offensive ability is there and if he can fully use that it makes them a dangerous team and that's what they're going to need from him to be Keep it simple in the back end and then go wreak havoc through the neutral zone and everywhere else because your passing, shooting, and skating are going to set you above the rest. Yeah, and this is just stuff for him getting used to the faster game, the more physical game. And it depends on how quick he catches up. I mean, we saw what Lucas Raymond did, caught up real quick. 
So he could catch up through eight preseason games, and I'm I'm assuming he will get a majority of those games. Lalone mm-hmm. was asked, do you think you're going to get Edvinson in four games? He's like, I, we might get him in six games or more. So it's just getting him exposed to those situations and letting him fix his mistakes on his own and learn from them, and that'll really help him out. Um, the last thing I have from coaches' interviews is Biaka Batuka has elevated his game and keeps earning looks. The thing I caught that was interesting, he said Steve's group keeps wanting to see him play. High compete, he can skate, very driven, and wants to be coached. He says he looks him in the eye when he talks to him. He said, like, that's a huge thing for the coaching staff, letting them know that you're paying attention. So he's a big guy with a lot of power, and that the management staff keeps wanting to see him in different situations, and he's earned that play with what, he, what he's been able to do, and that's evident by him still being on the team through camp. So I think, again, it's a guy that maybe was pretty overlooked in juniors and has that kind of unteachable size because you can't teach size, but also is teachable in every other aspect, apparently. So he's a dude, I mean, who could be a good depth defenseman, whether that's in the AHL or or where is yet to be seen. But I think it's something they picked up on and, and looks like it could be a positive ad. Yeah, no, it's he, he, I think him and Bergeron are, and Biakotuka, like what these guys have brought, it adds to the excitement potentially. I mean, granted, Biakotuka needs to get a contract. Um, that's going to be step one, but you see he fits into the mold of what we've been seeing Iserman doing, like bringing in and the skilled, large players. And if he can come to Grand Rapids and help make that team better, with the potential of making it to Detroit. That's all you can ask for. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's the key too. We always talk about, um, you know, players that, that you can find diamonds in the rough. And I mean, this, this kid, a a prime example of someone that could potentially be a a diamond in the rough. And the fact that the, the coaching staff and, and, and the guys, you know, up top, the front office, they want to see Biakabatuka in more, different kinds of situations and um, scenarios. I mean, that's, that's a good thing. That's, that's not a, that's not a bad thing per se. And I mean, not, that's not to say he's going to make the Red Wings roster because that's not going to happen. I mean, outside, outside, outside chance, but like, you never say never, but like, you know, that makes Grand Rapids just that much better. And that continues to make the development of this organization, not just the Detroit Red Wings, but this organization as a whole better and better. Yeah. Now, what I liked to, with Biakvatuka and the comments from alone is that every game practice and skate, they said they're evaluating the group and he continues to be one of those guys that stands out. The one quote that I like from him is that he's got, he's what, what he said about Biakvatuka is that he's got quote, high compete. He can skate North and South. He's a driven kid that wants to be coached. He looks you in the eye when they're giving him direction. Yep. And he he's a coach's player, if you will. And I think that on top of his game on the ice and how he's been performing at practice, the, the small little things that we don't get to see that the coaches do, that now he can gush over to the media and be like, hey, this guy's doing all the things right now. Does that necessarily mean, again, that's going to be a contract in Grand Rapids? No. but what that does hopefully do for him, if he doesn't end up getting that contract here and being within the organization, 
other team scouts, other teams have will be able to see this. And maybe he goes to Iowa Wild to call out all the, the most random teams possible. Or he gets an AHL shot, shot elsewhere. Maybe not with Grand Rapids, but he does get that opportunity to continue his career. Well, sure, you look at it, too. He played in the prospect tournament, and you've got Dallas there. You've got Columbus there. God forbid he goes to Toronto. But you've got these other clubs there watching the games and seeing what they can do. And then they get that kind of coach feedback throughout training camp and maybe into preseason. It just gives him more, I guess, eyes on him to to open up more avenues of getting work, which is really good for him. Um, So going on, I've got a few notes from Dylan Larkin's press conference. He said that there is no contract update. He wants to again, wants to be here. Can't see himself playing anywhere else. Don't know how many times he has to say this. He apparently also said it in Vegas Media Day. So it's it's being last we heard it is being worked on. Uh, It's nothing to worry about. It will happen just chill out and stop asking Dylan Larkin if he's going to get a contract. Larkin is impressed by the system and its simplicity, loves the organization with the new staff. That's the one thing he could not stress enough, which leads me to believe the last staff was not organized. Um, He says the organization is amazing. The simplicity of the new system is great. Uh, It's basically a breath of fresh air. Everyone's buying into it, and, and Larkin seems to be really on board with it. He also believes that the identity of the team has to develop naturally with a new staff and a lot of new guys. They are going to take a little bit to figure out who they are, and then that's how the team's going to build an identity. But it's all good news coming out of Larkin about the staff and even the rest of the player interviews. They all said that, like uh, Alex Ndokovic said, Newsy sets the the tone of the day, exactly what's going to happen. And it's they don't leave anything out. They set clear expectations and they go out and they do it which I think is one thing that may have been lacking is just what do we saw that on the ice a lot of uh, for lack of a better quote um, from Talladega Nights. I don't know what to do with my hands. And that seemed to be a lot of what was happening with the team is that they would just get caught in these positions where they didn't know what to do. And there was just not much coaching happening there. So it seems like that this coaching staff is going to go out, set exactly, let the guys know exactly what they need to be doing and then coach that system into them, which is super refreshing because that should result in a better team. Hopefully that that is the ideal scenario that they will be better because of that. So Tyler, you look like you're ready to, to burst. Yeah. I, I was just going to say like, people need to stop with the whole Dylan Larkin contract situation. The worst thing. How, how though? How do you stop on this one? What? I'll say, how do we, st- how, how, I get it. He still has this whole season to play it out, but what it's hard to stop and not be, I don't want to say worried, but wanting to know, Hey, when's he going to be signed? So my, my thing is, I mean, people can worry and wonder all they want, but the fact of the matter is he still has another year under contract, which is this year. He's told everyone he wants to be here. He wants to be here. That's he doesn't see himself playing anywhere else. He's not giving the, um, once the season starts, I'm not negotiating any more bullshit that Aaron Judge did with the Yankees right now. Yeah. Um, he's not doing, he's not doing any of that. There's no smoke screens. There's none of that. I do believe that he wants to be in Detroit. I do believe that he wants to finish his career with the Red Wings. I believe that the Red Wings what would obviously want him to finish his career with the Red Wings. So it's just it's 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 just about you know 
ironing out the last couple of details. I feel like I feel like this should have been done a long time ago. But, but I yeah. also feel like some of these contracts that have that have come up, like the McKinnon one, and um, what was the other one? You had Robert Thomas, I believe, got a new contract. Um, there were there's a mm-hmm. bunch of other guys. Tim Stutzla got another one, got a new contract. Nazem Kadri. Kadri, yeah. So I mean, those certainly haven't helped the Red Wings. They've helped Dylan Larkin a ton, but they haven't helped the Red Wings. And so Steve Eisenman usually sticks to his guns when he thinks someone has worked something. That's what they're working. Cairo. That's what they're worth. So I mean, they're it's gonna get done. It just it may get a little messy at first, but I I, I do believe that by by the time we're all together in Detroit, I think the contract's done. But by, by the time the so. season starts, I think the contract's done. It's gonna be tough, man. Cause I, I mean you look at like he did he I think the biggest issue, and I don't even want to call, to call it an issue, is that he, he did switch his agents. We know they've got some of the top names in hockey that they represent. So it's going to be, I don't want to say difficult, but they're not going to be a slouch in terms of negotiating to make sure that he's getting going to get all the value possible out of Steve Eiserman. Now we know that Eiserman is not going to get pushed over and walked on when it comes to these, these deals. But like some of the names I just mentioned, JT Miller, Tage Thompson, you got guys out there that play the center role, same age or just younger than Larkin, making good money. So the stage has been set. But, I mean, if Tyler, if you're right, and they get him signed before day one, I think that ovation gets even louder for him uh, on opening night. So I hope that's the case. That'd be the best-case scenario. But we'll just have to wait and see. All right, so we are going to run through some of these uh, listener questions really quick before we sign off for tonight. We are going to start with Lars at Lars Thorsell on Twitter. Which one out of Elmer Soderblom, Jonathan Berggren, Pontus Andreasen, Albert Johansson, and Simon Edvinson will be the first to play in, uh, to play NHL games, and why did you just butcher all these names? Hopefully I didn't. <laughs> but I will say that first ones to play NHL games, if I had to put money on it, I would say Edvinson and Bergeron both playing at the same time. I think I, I think Pontus Andreasen is going to be a call up if they need a call up. Same thing with Albert Johansson. They'd be the first ones to be called up. I think Elmer is probably going to spend the entire season in the AHL. Hmm. I don't yeah. know. I so I I I happen to agree with you, Greg. And and there's not really much more I have to say other than that. You've got both Bergeron and Edmondson making the open night roster. Yep. Yeah, man. I think if we don't have if Bert's flare up, if you will, is worse than advertised, then I think all money can easily be put on Bergeron. And unless something crazy happens where he just rumbles under some pressure, 
then I guess I would have, I would say, I would say Edmondson has the better odds of making the opening night roster and being the guy that's out there over anyone. But again, you look at Johansson and you can't, I don't necessarily want to count him out either. So it's, I'm going to go with Edmondson because that's the safe bet. Though it might be almost controversial based on the other names that are there. From Brendan Sanders on Twitter, where do we see Andreasen ending up? I couldn't really get any sort of gauge for him uh, in Traverse City. He looked good. I mean, smaller guy, fast. He's got really good hands. He showed a really good shot, like a really good shot. Yeah. A lot of skill there. I think he goes to Grand Rapids for sure. I don't see any spot for him on the Red Wings out of the gate. Is he? He's not center, is he? Uh, no, he's a winger. Okay, so yeah, he's in the same boat as Bergeron. Like the, if, yeah. if the injuries were on the wing, more like what we saw last season. If Bergeron's out, or I'm sorry, if Bertuzzi's out, then maybe it's a, a two man race between Andreasen and, and Bergeron. But I, don't, I think he's going to be in Grand Rapids. And Tyler doesn't have anything to say about that. <laughs> Uh, so from Brian Biolo on Twitter too. here is the letter on the sweater on the other side now due to a Jersey ad. And are there any reports out there on who is going to have the A's? I think the letter was on that side just because they were practice jerseys. I have not seen the Red Wings having any reported Jersey sponsors. Honestly, they probably just sewed them onto the wrong side on the practice jerseys because it looks really bad at the tip of the wing where there's like no room and the spacing's all jacked up. Yeah. So I think if they had a jersey ad, the ad, the little jersey ad would go there rather than the big letter. So I think it was just a mess up with the jerseys. Yeah, they, they made the move back in what, 2007, I want to say it was. When they made the logo a little larger, I think they did. When they, when they adjusted the main logo. When they logo switched to CCM. Uh, sorry, when they switched from CCM to Reebok. Yeah, they, the logo moved up, which caused the tip of the wing to go into the letter. So they flipped the side for the logo. Because you look back at all the old t- pictures, Iserman's got it on the left-hand side. They had it on the left-hand side for years. It's only more recent. And by recent, I mean the last 15-ish years that they made that switch. Actually, yeah, 15 years ago. So does it mean that they are doing an ad? Don't know. I don't want to say yes. I don't want to say no. I'm going to hope that it's not. But if that's the case, then that's why you get your jerseys from Vintage Detroit. They can sell all that stuff the on. Fact, the, the fact that they're going to fucking slap an advertisement on a sacred jersey like the Red Wings just does not sit right with me. No. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. If it happens, we can do an entire episode bitching about it. But, but, oh, I will. But the, bring it. the captain or a C or A being on the left side, I don't think that has anything to do with the advertisement. I think it's just it just has to do Ad, with the, the what? The what? The advertisement. Are you British? No. You mean the advertisement? Is that a Boston thing? I usually just say sponsor, but whatever. <laughs> Clearly, because you can't say advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> but I I don't think it has anything to do with the sponsor on on. No, I don't either. Yeah. Uh, as to any reports on who's going to rock the A, I think that uh, so they said that there are going to be four alternates to to away. Saw- They're going to switch off and on. I think it was was it Art? I don't I don't know. I, I didn't catch it. So that's why I, I, I was surprised to see that comment. It was I Art or Ken idea. Cal, but they're going to swap them. So I think that you're 
probably going to have a Sherat. He wore one in the uh, he wore one in the red and white game. I think you're going to probably have a cop and a Peron guys who have been in the league for a while who have worn the A before. Your last one is as good of a guess as mine. A lot of people are going to say Tyler Bertuzzi. I a lot or of people cider. are going to say Mo Cider. I don't think they're going to give it to Cider that quickly. Lehman, maybe. Philip Ronick wore one during the red and white game. Yep. Um, Rasmussen wore one. Michael Rasmussen wore one, yeah, during the, the red and white game. So those are some of the guys that could wear them. But there has been no official word of who is going to wear an A. Uh, yeah. From from German Jesus on Twitter, Darren McCarty versus a flock of geese who wins. Darren McCarty wins, hands down. He would Darren destroy McCarty, all them geese. Yeah, you've seen what we've seen what he can do to a turtle. <laughs> from Henry Savage on Twitter. What is Bertuzzi's trade value now that the Vax mandate has ended uh, for crossing the border to Canada? It only goes up from here, man. If he I don't holds think it's out on a, I think, uh, I think it goes up. I, I don't I don't think it goes up. I think it's the same. I think it's just the, the trade didn't if anything didn't necessarily happen. But does it have, is it more likely? Maybe. But I, I still think it's as high as it can be right now. I think it goes up. Like, so within the United the teams in the United States, I think it stays the same. But with the teams Fair. in Canada, I think it goes up. Like, well, yeah, we talk about Toronto, but why would we? Why would at, at this point in time of the off season, or, or not even the off season, like you know preseason, almost getting to the regular season? Why would we make a trade with with a team that we're going to be in the same division with? Well, it's it's not why would we make a trade now? It wouldn't be at this point now. Yeah, you're not necessarily looking now. at you're looking ahead to say the deadline. If shit's gone sideways for Detroit, he is a guy that you could argue is maybe expendable, but at the same time, he's a 30 goal scorer. It's he, unlike the Athens piece, this, I don't think this is necessarily a fluke for him coming out and doing those things and the, the type of offense that he can provide. So if he comes out and does it again and Detroit's succeeding and maybe you know, not falling apart come the all-star break, then we'll have to wait and see what happens. But I, I don't think it's any different than what it was at this point, but it also, I think, comes down to his health. Is he going to yeah, be healthy? I, I think that, like, it comes down to his health, but it also comes down to, like, I don't know, what what are the needs around the league? And and yeah. where, where do the wings go? Are they in the playoffs? Because if they're in the playoffs or on the playoff hunt, wild card one of your better players away. Yeah. Uh, so on Discord from Pete, who starts game one of the regular season? Huso or Ned? And I am going to say Ned. Ned. Yep. Uh, from the Clingster on Discord, does Soderblom get a look on the top line in preseason? On the top line? No, absolutely not. Uh, I think Soderblom will get a, a look in the middle six during preseason. You might see him with some second line action. You might see him with uh, you should definitely see him with some third line action. But I don't think he's going to get any look on top. I think you're going to get a look at Zadina on top. I think you're going to get a look at Bergren on top. But I don't think Soderblom is going to be one of those guys that gets a top line look. I'm not going to count it out entirely. I think it depends on. Is it less likely or more likely? Probably less likely, but yeah, less likely. What I, where I was going with that is I think it would depend on if Bert is out for a couple of games, then maybe that could be a situation where we see him crack the top of the lineup. And the only reason I say that is because when you listen to Lalone talking a couple of his pressers, 
the Lions are going to be crazy. Yeah. That is that is an expectation. We know that Larkin and Raymond more often than not will be together. So it's going to be that third person to really keep an eye on. And with what Soderblom brings, he could fit on that line potentially. But we'll I'm see. just not I, sure I, the I think, skating has improved enough. Um, what's that? I'm just not sure the skating is improved enough to throw him up to the top line. Fair. But it's again preseason, so it's it's where you can take that look. And in, in the preseason, you can throw him up there just to see what it looks like with yeah. you know, him driving the bus or pulling the piano like Datsuk used to Jeez. say. For, you can't turn him into fucking Justin Ablocator. <laughs> but like <laughs> I mean, realistically, no, it's probably not gonna happen. He's probably gonna be the top on the third line or, or maybe the second line or maybe in the fourth line, really. And the last question is from that guy, Brandon, on Discord. I don't think we were even close to built for a run, but do you think our goal this year is a wild card spot? And from the mouth of Steve Eiserman to your ears, no. Uh, the goal is to improve the team, yeah. improve the game, be competitive every night, uh, measure those stats, and just keep improving. Now, if those improvements lead to a playoff spot, it's not going to be a bad thing. They'll get a little bit of playoff experience. You are absolutely correct. They are not even close to built for a playoff run, but the experience is experience. And if improving their game and improving the team leads to a wild card spot, which if you remember last year, I think the cutoff was 101 or 100 points, which was the Capitals, then so be it. Then they make it into a wild card spot and they get some playoff action that's not going to hurt them at all. That's going to hurt the draft, but it's not going to hurt the team. And mm-hmm. I think that's where I am with that. And I want to get your guys' response and your final thoughts all wrapped up in one. Oh, good. So I, I think that for the realistic expectation for is the goal a wild card spot? I would say from coaching and management, it's a no. Will most where the coaches necessarily say that? I doubt it. But if you ask the players, they want to make the playoffs. That is their goal. They want to get there. That's what they're driven to do. But I, I think the realist, realistic approach would be if they're pushing for a wild card spot, then a lot of shit went right. They've stayed healthy. And I don't know. It, it's it's hard to be overly optimistic like that. But I don't think it's a stretch to see this team competing more as we previously talked about for that to happen. So to continue final thoughts, though, it's we're we're coming into the close of, the, of training camp. When this posts, we'll be getting preparing ourselves to watch preseason hockey. Wings open with the Pens. It's going to be fun. The Pens have a good lineup. They're going to be thrown out there. I hope the Wings will be throwing some of their younger guys that we're really excited to see out there into the fire against Crosby. And hopefully somebody gets in his face and face washed him like Mo. But we're finally here. It feels so good. This last two weeks watching the prospects and training camp have been refreshing. Got to see Daniela, Ken, Art, the gang is back together. Carly, all of them are out there. We're getting so much closer to seeing Ken and Mick. They'll be coming up on Valley Sports here in several, like within the week. Ah, it feels good again. The weather is cold. I've got sweat, a sweatshirt on. <laughs> Let's go. It's hockey time. Already Ryan 33. Yeah, so my response to that is I wouldn't expect the team to make the playoffs, but if you're if you think that the players day one of opening night 
don't expect to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you're out of your mind. They That's where they want to be. That's their goal. Mm-hmm. And management won't say that that's what their goal is. But, I mean, of course that's their goal. That's the end goal, to make the playoffs. So why you do this. That's, 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 that's why you play this 82-game season, that, to be rewarded with the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, I mean, it, it, it's kind of a lofty goal at this point. But, I mean, you could see in years past, a lot of things had to go right. I think less things have to go right and the play on the ice just needs to be better because the personnel, while it's not quite there, it's, you can start to kind of talk yourself into them being in the playoffs. Final thoughts. I mean, kind of what Ryan said, man, we're, we're here. We're, we're knocking on the doorstep of the first preseason game tomorrow. Although it's not on TV, right? That's bullshit. Oh, it's on DetroitRedWings.com. Oh, it is. Any yep. of the games that are not broadcast on Valley Sports will be on DetroitRedWings.com. Oh, it may not be a Red Wings broadcast team, but it will be on. Okay, well, I'll come home and watch the Wings game tomorrow night. Yeah, we got that. Red Wings hockey on That's tomorrow night, boys. Fantastic. So, but yeah, no, we're here. We're we're knocking on the door of the preseason. We're gonna be at opening night before y'all know it, and uh, two and a half weeks. We're almost there, man. We're almost there, and plus, you know, I mean. We get to see all these great prospects. Like this is this is a change for the wings. I know we had Cider and, and and Raymond last year, and and you know other guys too. But this is where the rubber is going to start to meet the road with some of these guys um, that we've talked about, that we've drafted for, and you know they've been in the system a little bit. This is where the rubber is going to start to meet the road, where where these guys are going to you're going to finally start to see these guys on your TV or on your laptop or whatever. And, um, you know, I always use the light at the end of the tunnel, but we're certainly getting there. We're certainly getting there. Finally, I hope so. You can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. And you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. Follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. We'd like to give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network for hosting us and spreading our podcast all over. If you check out our page right now, there is a jersey giveaway thing that is happening through them. Uh, you just got to drop your DraftKings name in the comments there. Uh, we also give a shout out to Vintage Detroit where you can get all your hockey jerseys worked on and from. Same thing with your football and basketball stuff. They do a whole bunch of uh, baseball. And baseball if you really want to wear a Tigers jersey. But you can get all your Detroit stuff done there. They're awesome. Lynn's amazing over there. And we'll have some stuff coming up with them soon. Uh, if you use a promo code Grindline on Howie'sHockeyTape.com, you will get 10% off your order. If you use that same promo code on Bring Hockey Back, you will get 12% off your order. Please go subscribe to our YouTube channel. I think we only need 30, 20 or 30 more people, no, 30 or 40 more people to uh, unlock the community feature. And you can also check out our Redbubble page for our merch if you go to redbubble.com and search the Grindline. But that is going to do it for us tonight. Uh, Let's do that hockey, as they say. For Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.